Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. shares a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The news is littered with rhetorical commentary on what is actually happening in Iran. From mistakenly shooting down a passenger plane to the actual desires of its constituents, Iran is a mess right now. Today, Pastor J.D. will help unravel what's actually going on and help you see the end times connection. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on January 12, 2020. Today's update is one of those updates that I'll need to ask you to bear with me as we sort through all that's happened in this last week. Suffice it to say, it's been a very busy week, so much happening so fast. And because so much is happening so fast, I took the time this last week to go back into my archives and revisit a prophecy puzzle that I had put together many years ago. It's probably been about 10 years ago now. And what I'm hoping to accomplish today is to answer some of the questions related to how everything fits together. How how does all of this fit together? And what is the timing of all of this? And why is it that it seems everything is moving so fast? I want to begin with the presupposition that you all know about Tuesday's Iranian ballistic missile strikes on U.S. bases in Iraq. This was right before our prayer meeting on Tuesday night, and thankfully there were no casualties. However, we were talking about this this morning before first service, As more information became available, it's believed that Iran intended to kill Americans in this retaliation for the death of Soleimani. Sadly, it was also reported that Iran mistakenly shot down a Ukrainian airliner hours after the strike, and they used a Russian-made missile and mistakenly thought it was incoming, and they brought down, and they, they would not admit to it until just this last week, I think it was on Thursday or Friday, they finally admitted that they had done it. Well, this led to what we saw yesterday with all of these protests in Iran, and interesting, they're not shouting death to America, death to Israel. These are the Iranian people. Remember now, 
it's so important to make a distinction between the regime, the Islamic Republic of Iran, and the people of Iran, many of whom, by the way, would prefer to be uh, called Persians, not Iranians. You know, in the last century it used to be Persia, but a hundred years ago uh, they changed their name to Iran. We were just talking about this too. It wasn't that long ago, uh, many of you might remember, 1979, prior to 1979, get this, Iran was pro-West, pro-Israel. Jews used to vacation in Iran. And then one president, Jimmy Carter, helped with the deposing of the Shah of Iran, and enter in the Supreme Leader, the Ayatollah Khomeini at the time, and it became in 1979 the Islamic Republic of Iran. And so now in the streets of Iran, instead of chanting death to America, death to Israel, they're saying death to Khamenei, the Supreme Leader, death to the Supreme Leader. Now keep in mind, and we need to be praying for the people of Iran, because many of them are coming to Christ by the multitudes. They are our brothers and sisters in Christ in Iran today. Now, it's interesting to note that all of this happened on Tuesday. And what's interesting about Tuesday is it's the same day that there was breaking news about President Trump's peace plan. Did you hear about this? I want to talk about this. I want to draw your attention to this Jerusalem Post analysis in which the writer asks this question at the end, saying, Trump's peace plan is on the way. Is Israel ready? Listen to this. With 10 months to the presidential election in the U.S., the Trump administration is considering presenting its peace plan in the coming weeks, even ahead of the March 2nd Knesset election. Some of you are saying, oh yeah, heard that before. He, he's been wanting to unveil this peace plan for the last two years now, but still no peace plan. Well, the administration's reasoning is clear. If there's an Israeli election in March, there probably won't be a government until May, bringing them very close to the U.S. presidential election. It also seems clear that Trump would like Netanyahu to remain prime minister, going so far as to recognize Israeli sovereignty over the Golan shortly before the first election in 2019. Now, uh, for the benefit of those who may not be aware of what election is coming up, uh, Israel now has this unprecedented third election because the, uh, well, really Netanyahu was unable to form a government. It's very different than it is here in the U.S. So now 
they are facing a third election in less than one year, never happened before. And this is why Trump now sees the window of opportunity sort of closing, and said peace plan needs to be unveiled. I'm going to continue quoting the Jerusalem Post. As such, any rollout will probably be coordinated with Netanyahu for maximum benefit, or at least minimum fallout, from the pre-election timing. The question of how the plan could impact the upcoming Israeli election is an interesting one, because from what is known about it, listen to this, its nature appears to be unprecedented. Hang on to that. I want to come back to that. We have a problem though. The problem is, according to Israel Hayom, a new poll is showing no clear winner in the March 2nd vote, which begs the question of whether or not there would be another unprecedented fourth election. Here's a quote from Israel Hayom. When the Knesset called an early election several weeks ago, many Israelis hoped that this would finally break the political impasse and allow the country to swear in a new government. But it appears that despite Israelis going to the polls for the third time in less than a year, things are likely to remain just the way they are even after the March 2nd vote. Now understand that Netanyahu is under indictment, and the President of the United States is dealing with impeachment. I mention that to say this. Trump and Netanyahu are both keenly aware of what's going on here. They are keenly aware of what's at stake here in this election year. And the question that I think needs to be answered is, why are they trying to remove both of these leaders from power? We have the effort here in the United States with the impeachment of President Trump, and we have the effort in Israel with the indictment of Benjamin Netanyahu. Hear me out on this. The only explanation that makes sense to me is that together these two leaders pose a threat to the agenda of globalism vis-a-vis -a, -vis a strong America and a secure Israel. I am personally of the belief that Trump's peace plan is pouring gasoline on the fires of Israel's enemies, namely Iran. And that's what's going on here. On Thursday, the Times of Israel reported that after the Iran missile strikes, Trump and Netanyahu discussed, quote, critical bilateral and regional issues. However, the White House statement gave no further details. There's one more report 
that I want to mention. It's going to be germane to our understanding before we tie all this together. And it's from Breaking Israel News. This is really interesting. It's about an Al Jazeera survey revealing that after Baghdad, Damascus, and Beirut, Muslims don't want Iran to, quote, liberate Jerusalem. Al Jazeera reporter Faisal Al-Qasim hosted Iranian diplomat Tamir Musawi in an interview. And during the back and forth, you can watch this online, the video, Al-Qasim grilled Musawi and pressed his guest by hypothetically asking what the Islamic regime plans on doing once it, again, quote, liberates Jerusalem. (laughs) But the question was somewhat of a trap, as the host revealed that after the disasters that Tehran has caused in cities like Baghdad, Damascus, and Beirut, my birthplace, those surveyed by Al Jazeera would rather Iran not get their hands on Jerusalem. In the interview he asked, quoting, what do you want to do with Jerusalem? Do you want to add them to the list? What list am I referring to? If after you liberate Jerusalem, will it turn into Baghdad, the world's most divided city? Those are my words, the dirtiest city in the world. Will it be like Beirut, a city that turned into the biggest garbage dump in the Middle East? By the way, for those of you who know about Beirut, Lebanon, again my birthplace, it used to be called the Paris of the Middle East. Beautiful. I mean, I know we live in a beautiful place in Hawaii, but in Beirut you could go surfing in the morning and snow skiing in the afternoon. How about that? Beautiful metropolitan city. And now it's rubbish the garbage dump in the Middle East. Will you turn it into Damascus, a city where people are literally dying of starvation? Will you turn it into the Houthi-run Yemen? The Arabic people are telling you, we don't want you to liberate her. No one wants you to liberate Jerusalem. You realize that's what this is all about, right? You know the the goalposts of Bible prophecy, it all centers on Jerusalem. It's all about Jerusalem, the city that God has chosen out of all of the cities to put His name on, literally. His name is on Jerusalem. Now, this brings us to the aforementioned prophecy puzzle. And again, I'll just ask that you bear with me. I want to share with you what I believe is a possible scenario as it relates to the timing of how all of this might fit together. I've had this puzzle for many years. I've revised it, updated it, and want to revisit it today because I believe all of these prophecies are in play. I do need to preface this by, uh, and please hear me when I say this, I don't want to come off as, you know, having it all figured out. (laughs) Well, I've got this all figured out. Nobody does. 
I only want to present this as a plausible scenario and explain to you as clearly and simply as I can how I get there. So before we jump into this, I want to give you a brief summary of what these prophecies foretell, especially for those of you that are new to Bible prophecy. This could be sort of a Bible prophecy 101. Are there other prophecies? Yes. But these are the main ones that again today I believe are in play. Let's start with 1 Thessalonians 5.3. We're going to get to that uh, soon in our study through 1 Thessalonians. The Apostle Paul says that while they are saying peace and security, sudden destruction comes upon them, them as a woman travailing in labor, and they will not escape. That's First Thessalonians 5.3. Isaiah 17, particularly verse 1, is a prophecy that foretells the sudden destruction, sudden destruction of Damascus, Syria, so much so it will become a ruinous heap and the city will be uninhabitable. Zechariah 12, very uh, interesting prophecy where God says He Himself will make Jerusalem a burdensome cup, an intoxicating cup, the obsession of the entire world. They will be intoxicated with and obsessed by Jerusalem, and particularly the immovable, burdensome boundary stone as they seek to cut it up and divide it. And God declares, if you try to cut it up, I will cut you up into pieces. That's my city. So it's a prophecy concerning Jerusalem, specifically the dividing of Jerusalem. Ezekiel 38, we've been talking about this quite a bit the last, especially the last year. It is briefly, here's a summary, it is a prophecy about an alliance of nations with Russia, Iran, and Turkey at the helm that invade Israel for the purpose of taking the prosperity that Israel has. Daniel 9.27, another very interesting and even detailed prophecy about how the Antichrist will make a seven-year covenant, confirm a covenant for seven years, and at the midpoint of that seven years, he will demand to be worshiped as God in the temple, committing an abomination that causes desolation. I don't want to get too far into that, but it is a prophecy about the seven-year peace covenant. And then Revelation 13, briefly a summary of the Antichrist effectively controlling the entire world, a one world government, a one world religion, and a one world um, economy, particularly a one world economy. So uh, I put these puzzle pieces in this order, this way, and by way of an illustration, I suppose you could liken it to the proverbial domino effect. And I'll explain what I mean by that. So when you knock over one domino, it then has this chain reaction of knocking down all the other ones. So now the question is, what's the first domino? And I truly believe the first domino is 1 Thessalonians 5.3, that at a time 
when people, at the time people, while they are saying those two words specifically, peace and security, at that time sudden destruction, sudden destruction will come upon them as a woman travailing in labor, and they will not escape. This is why I'm putting the next puzzle piece of Isaiah 17 concerning what I believe will be the sudden destruction of Damascus, Syria. There's every indication from this prophecy in Isaiah that it happens very quickly. It's also why I'm putting the Zechariah 12 prophecy puzzle piece concerning Jerusalem in place by virtue of the enemies of Israel who are, as we speak, seeking to quote-unquote liberate, divide Jerusalem. And it's also why I have the Ezekiel 38 piece in place, because I see the other prophecies as the catalyst for Russia, Iran, Turkey, et al, all to invade for the purpose, as we're told in verse 13 of Ezekiel 38, of taking a spoil a booty, gold, oil, natural gas, all of the above. Now, this is where it gets interesting, because it's very possible, and we talked about this last week, that on the heels of God defeating this allied invasion, the Antichrist will come on the scene and make this peace agreement and fulfill Daniel 9.27. And this because the seven-year peace agreement is what starts the seven-year tribulation, aka the 70th week of Daniel, aka the time of Jacob's trouble, Israel's trouble. And one, one real quick side note here that is very important. This word for confirm in Daniel 9.27, he will confirm a covenant. It's a very interesting word in the original language of the Hebrew, which happens to be the same original uh, word in my native tongue of Arabic. It's the word hegbir, hegbir. And it means superior or greater. You know, in Islam, they say, Allah hu akbar. It's not Allah, who by the way is not the same as Jehovah. Allah is the name of their God. Allah is a false God, Muhammad a false prophet. Whenever they declare and pray Allahu Akbar in Arabic, they are saying Allah is greater. Not great, greater even greatest. And this Akbar comes from the same word as Hikbar, Hikbar, greater, superior, an achievement to make superior, to make greater. That's what the Antichrist is going to do when he makes this, confirms Hikbar, this peace covenant. Are you ready? If not, you need to be ready, because our redemption draws nigh. 
This is what Jesus said about seeing these prophecies begin to come to pass in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. This verse speaks directly to the heart of the prophecy update that Pastor J.D. shares each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth. The goal for each prophecy update is twofold. First, to equip you with information you need to live in these exciting last days. Second, to encourage you in your faith in the Creator of the universe. Every word in the Holy Bible is 100% true. We're seeing that fact being proven each and every day. We pray that you have been both blessed and challenged by today's prophecy update. And we do hope you join us again for tomorrow's conclusion to this prophecy update from Pastor J.D. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's broadcast, you can become a Facebook friend with us by logging on to www.inspiritandtruthradio.com. We've provided a link to our Facebook page. Another great option to stay current with Pastor J.D.'s prophecy updates is to subscribe to the Aloha Bible Prophecy Update YouTube channel. The Prophecy Update YouTube channel has all the current updates that Pastor J.D. has shared as well as an archive of past updates. Again, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and follow the link to the Prophecy Update YouTube channel. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Please join us tomorrow as Pastor J.D. concludes this Prophecy Update. That's next time on In Spirit and Truth.